This is the Anderson Business Advisors Podcast, the show for real estate investors, stock traders, and business owners. We help you keep more of what you earn and protect what you've built. Let's get started. Hey guys, you're listening to Toby Mathis, and this is the Anderson Business Advisors Podcast. Today, I'm joined by Atticus LeBlanc. Did I say that right, Atticus? Uh, you know, the Cajuns don't pronounce the C, but most other people do, so it's just fine, Toby. So it's pronounced LeBlanc? LeBlanc, LeBlanc. Yeah, you, you, you just pretend you're a Frenchman. My, my brother's down there in Slidell, so he'll probably call me up and say, dude. <laughs> yeah, you Cajuns. So anyway, so we're going to be talking about something that I think is a serious issue in the United States. And I'm going to ask somebody who's an expert in this because this is an area that they spend their entire life in. And that is shared housing and the issue of lack of affordability of places to live and for landlords, what you can do about it, what platforms there are to do about it. And I think this is as disruptive as something like an Airbnb was for leisure travel. I think shared housing is something that's really cool, that, that is vitally needed. And so I invited Atticus on. I've known Atticus and, and his brother-in-law for, for a number of years. And uh, it's a company called PadSplit. And I would urge you to check it out. But I wanted to let Atticus come on and explain the what and the why. I know that they've done super well because I have clients that have units. And I'll just cats out of the bag, right? The numbers are, it, it increases your net by about 100%. Like it should double your net. Is is that a fair statement, Atticus? It is. It is indeed. Yeah, the average is about one hundred and thirty percent increase to your net. Wow. Okay. So if you're used to, so if you have typical rental property, you're renting it for a couple grand a month or something. You're, let's say you're netting twelve thousand dollars a month. Simple math. This could push you into the what twenty four thousand to twenty six, twenty seven thousand range. Exactly. Yeah. I mean. One of my favorite stories is from uh, our, our first outside host, other than myself. Uh, she was working from home, basically stay-at-home mom monitoring, and she was trying to get into the real estate space, had a couple of rentals, and now she has nine and is moving uh, moving abroad to, to live in Spain and had her husband <laughs> quit his job. So yeah, it's, uh, it's certainly been a viable path for financial freedom for her and, and a number of our hosts. So it's interesting you say that because I've had folks pursue this model. They didn't even use the ease of pad split, but they did it themselves through house hacking in a local community. And I was shocked to find people who retired off of three properties. And I was oh, yeah. like, how the heck do you retire off of three properties? And once they broke it out, they're renting them out on a weekly basis, individual rooms. I think it was 200 bucks a room, 250 if it had a had its own bathroom. And uh, the numbers are crazy because 200 a week, everybody thinks 800. It's actually closer to what 860 or something like that. These guys did really well. So explain what it is, how somebody that's listening who's a typical landlord, how they might maximize this or better yet, just anybody out there, explain what it is and how they could actually participate. Yeah. I mean, essentially, the, the easiest way to break it down is to think about how much space is in your home that's not really being monetized or even for the existing bedrooms that people are paying to, to rent in a traditional model, how much of those work? So the, mm -hmm. the traditional real estate landlord pricing paradigm uh, looks at, okay, the first bedroom is really the only one that is equal to market rate. And it is a higher price per square foot than any subsequent bedroom. Your second bedroom in a home is not worth two one bedrooms. Your third bedroom is certainly not worth three 
And so you have with each additional bedroom in a traditional model, the pricing gets lower and lower and lower yeah, yeah, yeah. to the point where if you have a five bedroom house, you're almost not really getting paid anything for it. Certainly if you have a six bedroom, that additional bedroom doesn't add any incremental value. And then you think about a space like your formal dining room. Well, what is really the difference between a formal dining room versus a bedroom? If you take away the furniture, you think about the four walls in the room, and especially if you have like kind of a butler's pantry area, there's even a closet there. And the answer is not much. Usually it's a door or how the doors are configured. And if you have a door on that room, the answer is really just the furniture. But as a real estate investor, I can almost guarantee you that no one ever earned a penny for their formal dining room. Whereas if you can rent that as a bedroom to a single individual, you can absolutely capture real revenue from that, from that particular space on the order of six, seven hundred bucks a month net. And then same thing with that fourth, fifth, sixth bedroom. What this, this model allows us to do is to say, okay, well, we're going to price that first bedroom at 60 to 70% of whatever the market rate is for a one bedroom apartment. And each additional bedroom will be priced at the same rate or a similar rate. And so those returns become incremental rather than diminishing. And that's really where you start to see that, that trade off and why people are able to double or in some cases triple their income off of the same asset. It's simply by taking advantage of that wasted, underutilized space that hasn't been monetized previously and being able to market through pad split to individuals who need more affordable properties. They are single individuals generally working in your community at the grocery store, at the post office, you know, delivering packages. And uh, you see these folks every day, but it's shocking to understand how big a portion of the rental population they are. And mm how much they are locked out of traditional market rate options. And so you're kind of solving two problems uh, at the same time by providing access to individually furnished rooms with all utilities included in each one of these properties and charging a below market rate. Uh, and even while charging that below market rate, you also can, can net significantly more dollars. So I remember this, uh, two things. When I was going through law school, this is actually what we did. You, you, where I went, it was in Tacoma, Washington. It was uh, Seattle University School of Law, which is weird because when I started, it was in Tacoma. And then they moved it to Seattle. But you would have these houses and these people would put bedrooms in the attic and they'd put. So you'd end up with like six students in a house. Is that essentially what you're doing is you're creating separate spaces so that yeah. they, you know, you don't need a formal dining, uh, dining room. Instead, let's have another bedroom that I could rent for six, seven hundred bucks a month. Is that yeah, absolutely. Or, or if it's like a, a daylight basement or, I mean, as you start looking around traditional single family homes, you start to see that there's wasted space in a lot of these. And I mean, no surprise, even from a macro level, we know that the, at the size of an average single family home has tripled over the last 60 years. Meanwhile, mm -hmm. I think everyone recognizes, okay, you've got the boomer generation that's living longer and the millennial generation who's staying single longer. So family sizes have declined around 25% over that same period. What that means is you have a ton of singles that are looking for spaces that are appropriate and suitable for them, but you have this existing largely single family housing stock that is 75% of our housing inventory that is just way too big. 
And, and as a result, there's a ton of waste. And you could really solve the affordable housing shortage, as we were talking earlier, 5 million plus homes uh, with just a small fraction of the existing homes that exist. Yeah. Yeah. So Freddie and Fanny, because not everybody was hearing our conversation because it was before we started recording. But the, uh, we were talking about the, 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 sh- the uh, housing shortage. Actually, the National Association of Realtors came out. And I think they said it could be as high as seven million. You had Freddie and Fannie saying it's over five million. You have other census and some of these other organizations that are saying it's three point five, three point eight, because we're underbuilt. And then you have the Harvard Joint Center for Housing come out last week and say that we are underbuilding by about half a million units a year because all the millennials that you just mentioned, they want to go out on their own and there's not enough housing to supporting and there's an affordability crisis. And they're at a, a housing disadvantage. Like the housing is too much. The builders aren't building houses that are small anymore. They're building things that are big, like you just said. So actually everything meshes. So we have big houses and not enough rooms to house everybody. So what, what do we do? This, this isn't a three bedroom, two bath. Hey, let's make it and rent out three rooms, is it? So short answer is it could be. We have a, a wide range of, of housing choices available on our site. Uh, whether it's one bedroom, like I have rented a bedroom in my personal home, uh, all the way up to eight plus bedrooms, depending on the house, or sometimes it's a duplex with with multiple units configured. Uh, we're actually launching one now that has two five bedroom units in the same home. So uh, you, you can certainly see all aspects. But in regards to the question around three bedroom, two bath, the short answer is it, it could absolutely be. You can assume generally between 250 to 300 gross square feet per bedroom in a house. So if that three bedroom, two bath is 1800 square feet, then you could very reasonably assume to to get six bedrooms out of that space. And if you compare a six bedroom has split income relative to the the traditional three bedroom, chances are you're going to be you're going to be more incentivized to convert that property as opposed to running it as as a traditional rental. Yeah, because on a typical rental, that extra three bedrooms isn't yielding much. In a pad split model, it's yielding just as much as the other, the first three, right? Exactly. Yeah, exactly right. And our model is a little bit different in that we have all of our hosts include utilities and furniture in those units. Mm-hmm. And so that upfront investment can can absolutely be more. Uh, we set certain brand standards and minimums in order to list on the platform to begin with. But when we say you can expect kind of uh, two plus X on on average, uh, that actually assumes a, a return of, of capital investment as well to, to make those upgrades. Yeah, this really does sound a lot like Airbnb. Maybe you could explain what pad split is and how somebody uses it so that they get a better feel for what we're talking about here. Yeah, so um, I should back up a second. And, you know, I've spent my entire career in the housing industry. And I started with kind of house hacking uh, in 2009. I started buying single family homes. First one was in 2005 uh, and then got heavy into it in early 2008. And through that process, I saw a lot of these houses that had been hacked. I was wondering what exactly was going on. Happened to have one next door to me. Their house was being foreclosed. They were going to be removed. They They asked if they could come rent rooms for me. Uh, and it was two individuals, Otis and Mitch, that were on Social Security income. I said, yeah, absolutely. You can come rent rooms in this house. And over the next several years, I had probably 450 active units at that point and just started comparing the P&Ls wow. of 
this house relative to traditional single family rental, the section eight housing choice rentals, multifamily rentals, and saw that pound for pound, this was far and away the best return. Challenge was it was a lot of work. And I had to go physically to the houses pretty often. We were collecting money orders. And you were a boarding it, house, right? That's essentially yeah. Like- it's, it's, it's effectively what it was. That was that was a four four bedroom house, uh, and we did convert some other ones uh, through my personal portfolio over the years. Interestingly, the the third person who in that home was a woman who worked at McDonald's. She's still there today, from two thousand nine, paying week to week. So, so some folks will absolutely stay for for a long, long time. But as the, the years progressed and uh, we had some exits in 2014 and 15. And I said, okay, well, what's kind of the next stage of my career? And I revisited this issue because I was interested in solving that affordable housing uh, shortage that we spoke about. And uh, I thought, okay, this is, this is really aligned incentives between the resident population that I know needs uh, lower barriers to entry and more housing choices. And it's also much more profitable for the investors that I know have seen them change entire neighborhoods wholesale. So how do I really bring these two things together? And that was by creating this, this platform marketplace. And we really do three things to solve the problems and the pain points that I had as an investor who was just using this kind of house hacking, boarding house strategy. The, mm-hmm. the first was, how do I create a consolidated source of lead generation to market to all of these potential leads of people who need this type of housing, where mm-hmm. they can come in, they can see properties, they have choices, they can get screened and vetted very, very quickly, usually just within a couple of minutes, uh, and they can move in potentially within 48 hours. So that's the first bucket of, of things that we do. And we spend a tremendous amount of time and energy and effort and dollars to make sure that our, our marketing is absolutely fantastic. Uh, and we can get people through the funnel very quickly. I know that you have the other two, but so somebody goes onto your site and they get pr- approved to move into a, a place. Is it like some background checking and things like that that's integrated into the site? Exactly. Yeah. Identity verification, background check, income verification as well. Uh, we want to see that that they don't have too many evictions. Yeah. And uh, so you can run through that process very quickly. We charge a, only a $19 application fee, but we can process those super, super fast. Uh, and we can usually book rooms faster than anyone. The second bucket is the, the payments processing and collections piece. One of the major reasons why, as an independent operator, I had to go out to the property all the time was usually to, to have some sort of collections discussion with that, that resident. I think every landlord is familiar with, with some of those conversations and would prefer not to have them. And so we handle that entire aspect uh, where we have a, both a number of technology tools that are sending out automated cadences of messaging to these individuals. And then we also have in-person staff that is that is calling them or reminding or working out payment plans as needed. Uh, so, if you have, so if you have six people in your home, you're not dealing with six different people. They're dealing with pad split. Pad split handles right. all that. You just get a check every month. Correct. Yeah. And, and the other issue is if you have six people in that home and you know you need to bill all-inclusive weekly in order to derive a very high collections rate. We've consistently been at 97% plus effective collections since we started. Hold on, uh, 97%? <laughs> yeah. I'm sorry, because most people are going to look at this saying, well, they're renting a room. These could be people that have happened to chase after, aren't these eviction risks and things like that. And you're saying it's 97% collection? That's correct. Yeah, so 
uh, and and that's by the way we we don't require minimum credit at at move in the the secret sauce is really weekly or customized billing cycles and the scenario i run through with folks is it, what day of the week is july the 1st nobody knows like no one has even if it's just the next month uh, what that day of the week happens to be but you know what day of the week it is right now and you know what day of the week you get paid and so if every week if every friday for instance you know that you have one bill that you have to pay you're very likely to make that payment versus the first of the month is when that rent is due and your water bill is due on x day and your cable bill is due on some other day and it shouldn't be a surprise to any of us that someone who's living paycheck to paycheck has a difficult time budgeting coming up with uh, that money right there yeah, exactly no and it's exactly. like, well, there's five days grace, isn't there? Can't, you know, is it, is it the first? And you're like, it's due on right. the first. Right. Yeah. So, uh, so for us, if you have six people that are renting that, that home mm-hmm. and you have weekly payments, well, guess what? You're now at 25 plus payments per month. And so as a landlord, chances are you really don't want to have to negotiate or figure out or even track those 25 separate payments in that home. And forget about if you have 10, 20, 30, 50, hundred houses, uh, which some of our hosts do, it becomes just a, a logistical nightmare. So that's that's a big piece of, of what we do is that second bucket. So that's two things. So you find yep. people, they can do the application through your app, they can come in, they go down and like you're just providing the room. You do all the collections, you do everything, you just forward it to the to, to the property owner. What's the third thing? The third thing is the set of technology tools and customer service. We have 24-7 customer service that are built around resident relations inside the home. Mm -hmm. Uh, So dealing with issues like Johnny stole my peanut butter, Susie's playing music too loud, uh, someone keeps leaving dirty dishes in the sink, all of the headache that our hosts don't really want to deal with. Uh, You can't do that. Uh, we deal with a lot of it, yeah. So how do you how do you mitigate those concerns as much as possible? Uh, one with technology tools such as member to member or house messenger applications, mm-hmm. uh, chores trackers on who did what when. How does a resident uh, give a call out or a shout out or an overall rating to a roommate in the home or report some <laughs> untoward behavior? All of those things come through us and and you have a rating app like like i could rate my roommate he's getting like a yeah you're getting a one you put you know you keep putting dirty dishes in there you don't do anything you're getting a one what happens if they're just like have a really bad rating and do you like do you boot them or what do you do yeah we yeah we can we can yeah if if they um if they consistently break the the established house rules then uh their membership uh their passport membership is terminated and uh, then made, we will go in. And, yeah. You just made everybody's day that has had that, like, they eat my peanut butter. I know they eat my peanut butter. Who ate my peanut butter? <laughs> and now I can just be like, yin, 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 and yep. cast them off. Yeah, pretty much. Pretty much. Yeah. So, uh, so yeah. And I mean, our customer service staff does a lot of, uh, let's just say, people management or kind of ex officio parenting, more or less. But your babysitters sometimes everybody needs a little babysitting. But how bad of a like how bad bad of a deal is it? Like I I could only imagine for those of you who've had student housing. Imagine you deal with this. If you had hotels, I'm sure you deal with it. But like in this case, really, 
really, really depends uh, on the house. I mean, sometimes it's just absolute crickets, right? And everyone either gets along or in a lot of cases, uh, the first home, the first pad split home that I onboarded in 2017 was really the first prototype for this model. I've had a guy who's lived there since the beginning, since June of 2017, and he still doesn't know two out of the six people in the home. Hasn't seen them, like doesn't know who they are, like doesn't know their names. And I mean, he's lived there for, for going on six years. So, you know, sometimes you, you, you just, it's radio silence and other times it's just absolute pandemonium and, and we're getting calls all the time. It's like, oh, not that house again. So yeah, I mean, we're, we're listen, at this point, we are the, the largest marketplace for co-living in the U.S. So mm-hmm. we see a ton of use cases, right? I mean, we've probably had, I think, 14,000 stays uh, at this point. And it's, uh, it's a lot of data. And we've seen just about everything that there is to see. Well, there's, there's two things. So you probably know what the prevalence of the issue is, but you're taking it off the plate of the landlord anyway, or at least the, the property owner. But you said something that was interesting when you said the U.S., because I I have a brother-in-law in in, uh, Bristol in England right now, Mm -hmm. and this is exactly what they do, is they have boarding houses, for lack of a better word, where they have roommates. And I was just thinking, he hasn't seen his roommates. He's in school. He's doing a a master's program. He has somebody that it's mostly people that are around Bristol, University of Bristol, and uh, he just doesn't see them. He's like, yeah, I don't see them don't see my roommates at all. Sometimes it's weeks. Is that what this really is? Is that, is that the reality? It can be. Yeah, it it absolutely can be. It it really just depends. I mean, again, the overwhelming majority of folks who rent with us are working full time, sometimes two jobs, Mm -hmm. uh, sometimes the night shift. And so you're working day shift, somebody else is working night shift. You might just never see each other, even if you live together for years. And in other cases, like they're cooking Thanksgiving dinner together uh, we had one house where they all took a trip to Miami together. Uh, so it's, it, it really just, they're like really buddies. Uh, but I think a lot of that just happens organically. So here, here I am, I'm going to, I'm going to ask you the, the mean question. So let's say that I'm a landlord and immediately when I think about week, weekly rentals, I start thinking of transient people, tons of turnover, having to, you know, replace like. What do I do if they steal my blankets or, or whatever? Is any of that stuff an issue? How bad's the turnover? What are all the... So issues? here's kind of uh, one of the secrets that we really don't talk about or promote very much, but something that I recognized uh, from the earliest days when I was just kind of house hacking, take away the increase in, in real-time net rev, which is you know around 2x. Assume that it's par you'll see about a 20% improvement in the performance of your properties simply because of turn costs and vacancy costs. Meaning when you have a traditional single family rental and the period of time when between when someone moves out, even if they've been there for years, the time that they move out and the next person moves in and the cost that you need to get that unit make ready again, those two costs effectively disappear in a rent by the room model. And for me, in my personal experience, where we always tried to have have pretty decent properties, I mean, you, you would think you'd be making great rent for years. And then all of a sudden, that tenant moves out and you incur a $12,000 re-renovation bill. Right. Uh, and all of the profit that you thought you had been making just 
goes out the window. Well, in, in a rent by the room model, you have one vacancy out of five, six, seven, eight, and you don't see that. The cost of turning that room is limited to that individual room. You're not re-renovating the kitchen. You're not replacing all the flooring. You're changing the mattress cover and doing like a, a, a rough clean of, of that individual room. And so on average, that's less than a hundred bucks just for that term. So it's a huge You're not doing what an Airbnb does, right? Are you providing sheets and, and all that stuff? Or are you just saying, here's the, here's the. Not usually we have, we have a, a very, very small minority of hosts that, that do provide bedding, but uh, by and large, this is mattress, mattress cover. And we advertise for all of our incoming members. Hey, these are the things that you need to get. And it's, you know, your, your cleaning supplies and your, your bedding and, uh, anything else that you might want to, to outfit. What about room. things like cable TV and stuff? Is that included? You have to deal with that, or is it? So Wi-Fi is one of the things that we expect our hosts to provide. But in this day and age, with all the streaming services, every resident usually has their own service of They're choice. Whether it's Netflix, they don't need the. They don't need it, right? Yeah. Exactly. But I mean, that said, we do have a couple of hosts who have smart TVs, and and they're really looking for kind of premium rents in those properties. Yeah, I could see it. I, I used to have a buddy. And I still, he's still my buddy, but he was always telling me what he would do to get bigger rents. And he'd put fans in the rooms and charge more for it. He he would take a garage and he'd make it into a room in all of his houses. He'd always get the three bedroom, two bath, and then he'd convert the garage. And he's always like, "I got an extra rent. I got another room and all that stuff." <laughs> so you just you just put that on steroids, is what you guys did. You created a platform to take away the headache for people. What's the catch? Like, what what am I missing here? Why wouldn't more people do this? Yeah, I mean, I, I think a lot of it is just, I mean, there's certainly still a market for single family or apartment rentals, right? I mean, this is, mm-hmm. we are a small fraction of, of the overall market. But I do think to your uh, your initial point, like, it is it is more work than a traditional rental. I would say it is less work than an Airbnb or, or traditional STR, but it is is more work than a traditional rental. So if you're looking for, set it and forget it. There are passive ways to do this, but you need a higher property manager. If you're trying to be the operator and you're trying to be passive, like those things don't really work. Is that what you could do is like, hey, I'm going to work with pad split, but I'm going to hire a property manager to deal with everything else. Yes. Are yeah. they just as much? Like, t- Tell me the numbers of this. Pad split must cost X. A property sure. manager must cost Y. Is it worth it? So short answer, short answer is yes. And I mean, like those averages that I'm quoting for, for net increase are, are including paying a third party property manager okay. as well. So that's net operating yeah. income doubling. And that includes that you're going to pay more for property manager. Like I'm paying something to pad split, right? It's correct. Yeah. So pad split charges, uh, our pricing model today is just flat 12% of actually collected revenue. There's not a upfront leasing fee. We spend a ton of money on marketing, but we don't actually pass through those costs. But it's it's just a percentage of revenue, which is about two points cheaper than than what Airbnb charges. Uh, which enough. was how I put my finger in the air in 2017 and said, "Hey, what's my what's my business model? All right, let's figure out what Airbnb is effectively charging between what they charge to the renter and the, and the host. Mm-hmm. Come in lower than that, and and there's your number." And then different property managers work on different uh, different fee structures. Some are fixed fee, some are a percentage of revenue, but there are, there are a decent number of them in the market today. But it's lower than you would just for a regular old because 
they're not having yes. to find anybody. They're not having to deal right. with it. You guys are dealing with most of the issues. So realistically, what are they doing? Going over there and cleaning a toilet once in a while and basically keeping yeah, it's down. the the overwhelming majority is responding to uh, to maintenance issues. I mean, there certainly are some things. So like the the local reps, the local property manager are still the ones. Once, let's say uh, uh, Johnny steals peanut butter one too many times, right? And their membership gets terminated. We will try to talk them through moving out voluntarily as pad split. But if Johnny doesn't move out, like we have a problem and it is a physical problem on site and someone needs to file for that eviction. We're building a flow to make that much easier but that property manager or the host needs to be the one to, to push the button on, on the eviction in that case. Atticus, you guys got to be doing like a basic pad split and a pad split premium that includes the property management, right? You got to be doing something. Oh, in your yeah, we do. We do. Yeah, we can. Uh, in almost every market that we're in, uh, we can do both. We have the ability to do both. So if you want to go just drink my ties on the beach, Toby, and not deal with any of the the management frustration. Yeah, we can absolutely do both. And we do that for about 50% of the portfolio where people say, all right, like you just, you just deal with this. Even for people who are just getting started, who may be sophisticated operators, we still recommend use the service for like three months. There's no long-term commitment, uh, but use the service for like three months and just kind of get, get the, learn the ropes. And I, I still believe that small operators are best right? Because they're the ones who really get to know all of the residents and all their their idiosyncrasies. But but yeah, we can absolutely do that and kind of help train folks as well. What, what are the major markets that you guys are in right now? Atlanta Metro is a really big market for us. We're kind of throughout Florida. Virginia is another big market. Texas. Uh, we just launched Las Vegas a couple months ago. We're launching Phoenix now. Uh, we're in New Orleans and South Louisiana. We'll go anywhere that a host, I, I really believe that re, the real estate investment community, like those folks know their markets mm-hmm. and we get pulled into a lot of markets. I mean, pretty much all the ones that we've launched because there was a host in those communities who said, we need this product here. I see lots of the, the full-time workers in our community who cannot afford this insane cost of uh, a one bedroom apartment rent. And I think there's a massive need for this here and we will absolutely work with any of those hosts and go anywhere in the U S at this point. That is so cool that you guys are doing it. I, I, I assume you're on a nice growth model and that everything's going great for you guys. Uh, if there was anything that else, final words that you have for somebody out there, maybe they're, maybe they're a landlord, maybe they're thinking about getting into investing. What would you say sure. to that person? Yeah, I, I think, um, I mean, listen, it's uh, for, for us, our mission is to uh, solve the affordable housing shortage by leveraging housing as a vehicle for financial empowerment. That's true for our residents and our members. It's true for, for our hosts as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's been really fulfilling to see just some incredible stories on both ends where we provide tools, information and incentives and they do the rest. Like they own their journey. I love seeing people take these opportunities that where we can be a tool to help them on whatever journey they happen to be on and to really do something with it that that has uh, lasting and sustainable impact in, in the world. So we're, uh, I think we are, we are the change we're looking for. Just get out there and, and do something. 
Will your two be commended for doing that? Because we are completely underbuilt. It's going to get worse with the interest rates going up. It's going to make affordability even more difficult. And that if you're one of those people that tried to find the one bedroom, one bath, and it was 13, 1400 bucks just to get through the door. This, this sounds like it might be worthwhile, even as that person to go check out pad split and see if there's other alternatives for you. Maybe live in a house with, with, with some roomies. How does somebody find out more? I assume it's just go to padsplit.com or something like that. But, but what would you say? You got it. Yeah, you, you got it. Uh, we, we have pretty much all of the, the relevant information on our website, uh, which is just padsplit.com. Uh, if you want to check out some of the, the individual stories from our residents or our hosts, those are on the stories page at the site as well. But yeah, we, we've got tons of great tools and information on the site. Well, you guys keep doing the good work. We've been uh, we've been applauding you for for years, your brother in law Frank and uh, and and you, and we're going to keep uh, applauding you guys for going out there and hitting this thing head on. It's going to get worse, which means it's going to get better for you guys. So uh, I just want to say accolades to you for doing the right thing, and you can profit while you're doing good. And I think that's you guys are the prime example. So the best of luck to you, and I hope you guys have massive success. Thanks so much, Toby. Really appreciate the opportunity and uh, always happy to be here. Thanks, Atticus. Thank you for listening to today's podcast. Show notes for links to everything mentioned in this episode can be found on our website at andersonadvisors.com slash podcast. Be sure you subscribe to our podcast. And if you are already a subscriber, please provide us a review of what you thought of this episode. 